0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 26, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames with Raven News. Search crews spent the holiday weekend looking for a Soldotna man who was reported missing in Sitka earlier this month. 28-year-old Jedediah Couchy was reported missing on December 15th. On December 22nd, police released security footage obtained from AC Lakeside that showed Couchy leaving Orion Sporting Goods around 4 p.m. on December 13th, his last known whereabouts. Search and Rescue and Volunteer Team searched for Couchy during daylight hours on December 23rd and 24th. In spite of their efforts, his whereabouts remain unknown. A press release shared by the city on December 24th emphasized a, quote, critical need for additional leads from the community. Anyone having contact or information regarding Couchy is asked to contact Sitka Police at 747-3245 or the anonymous tip line at 747-8980. For more information, visit our website kcaw.org. Sitka's police department staffing is down by half. That's according to a report included in the Sitka Assembly's meeting packet tonight. The end-of-year quarterly report from the Sitka Police Department is sparse in comparison to the same report this time last year, with just a few data points listed. But the big news is this. The police department staffing levels are low. Between the jail, 911 dispatch, and patrol officer positions, the department has 14 vacant positions. That's not counting the newly vacated animal control officer position. In an email, Sitka Police Spokesperson Serena Wilde told KCAW that the form was turned in before the latest ACO resigned in mid-December. Wilde confirmed that Police Chief Robert Beatty would be at the meeting to address the Assembly tonight. In other business, the Assembly will consider a $5,000 appropriation to send the Mayor and City Administrator to the Cruise Line International Association Pacific Northwest Cruise Symposium, and it will consider a supplemental appropriation to fund the Greater Sitka Chamber of Commerce through the end of the fiscal year. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News nightly. When we think about solutions to climate change, board games aren't usually top of the list. But that might be changing. Sitka climate scientist Elizabeth Bagley has been helping to develop an unconventional tool in the fight against climate change. KCAW's Meredith Reddick has the story on how a new game could help build awareness about a global issue.
1: On a clear evening in Sitka, a group of friends hunched over a dining room table are reeling from a dieback in the Amazon rainforest. The Earth's temperature has just risen by a tenth of a degree Celsius, and it looks like a hurricane is on the way. Ocean acidification, so we
0: lose four oceans. Oh
1: no! The group of friends is playing Daybreak, a new game released by designers Matt Leacock and Matteo Minapache, to play global superpowers, represented by the US, China, Europe, and the majority world, work together to alleviate the climate crisis before the Earth's temperature rises by 2 degrees Celsius. Players win as a team by reaching drawdown, when no net carbon is going into the atmosphere. So what does that
2: mean? So does that mean we have to play it over this one or something?
1: Elizabeth Bagley is peering with furrowed brows at her board, which is labeled Majority World. She's trying to figure out if she can offload some dirty energy while still meeting demand. Across the table, her husband Justin generously tosses a couple of China's excess clean energy tokens to the Majority World. The game was released just last month, but Bagley has been playing a version of it for the past two years as a beta tester. Bagley is a climate scientist with Project Drawdown and a former children's game designer for the company LeapFrog. She learned about Daybreak after giving a talk about her career trajectory to a group of young professionals.
2: One of the people in the audience emailed me and said, hey, given your background in climate solutions, and your background in gaming. You might be really interested in this game by Matt Leacock. He was assuming I knew who Matt was. I mentioned this to Justin, and he said, wait, Matt Leacock, as in, like, the most famous cooperative game designer in the world? And I said, oh, yeah, I I think that's the same guy.
1: Leacock, who is most well-known for the game's pandemic and Forbidden Island, didn't initially intend to create a game about climate change.
3: I've been hearing all sorts of news about the climate crisis and wanted to know, you know, what I could do about it. And I I wanted to better understand it. And like one way I looked at the problem was like, well, maybe I can learn about it and turn it into a game.
1: Early prototypes of the game took upwards of three hours and involved a lot of calculation.
3: They would take, I think some of the early ones would take like four and a half hours to play. Um, And you had little whiteboards that tracked a lot of different um, statistics for your your world power.
1: The Bagley's received an early prototype of the game in winter of 2021. With a camera and microphone set up on their dining room table, they recorded their gameplay. Leacock would review the recordings and send back changes. A few new cards here, a minor rule change there.
2: Matt would ask us things. He would watch our, play, our, our playthroughs, and he would say, OK, I want you to play again, but I want you to take out these cards. And he's, or he would say, I'd like you to play again, but I want to see what happens when it's just two people, and I want you to play as these countries. And so he was using us to, he was giving us specific guidance around what he wanted to see.
1: Sometimes they identified cards that were too powerful. But
2: Justin okay, so has really kicked butt playing Stratospheric Soul from the past, right, Justin? Well, they changed the card. Well, oh, because, because you dominated yeah. so much with it.
1: The final version, which the Bagley's have unboxed for the first time tonight, is much more streamlined with vividly colored tokens and cards and no whiteboards in sight. Leacock says simplifying the game without sacrificing accuracy was a big challenge.
3: You know, I mean, there are hours and hours and hours of discussion and debate about like a single card, uh, like how best to represent the risks involved and the effects and how good it should be and, you know, Uh, how would it really play out in the system, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was kind of fun to kind of geek out on that stuff. But then also you have to remember that, you know, it's a game.
1: Input from playtesters like Bagley, as well as a host of scientists and social workers, helped shape key parts of the game. But while years of research went into the development, Leacock didn't want Daybreak to feel like homework.
3: The way we approached it was that we'd get a bigger audience and have a bigger impact and more people like were intrinsically motivated to play it. You know, they weren't like, oh, let's eat our broccoli now and learn about climate science. You know, they they you know selfishly wanted to have a good time in the evening.
1: It's a bold move to try to condense a global multifaceted problem into a cardboard box. But on this Thursday night, the group of players is deeply invested and optimistic about winning. And Leacock considers that a win
3: because if all you do is read doom and gloom then you just kind of feel helpless and here we're painting like hey here's this possibility we're not saying it's going to happen but you as the players are given agency and then hopefully that feeling of agency can bleed off into the real world
2: Uh, we would like your attention please yeah (laughs) (laughs) we are able to get rid of our uh, building emissions. I'm going to give you guys one green energy. <gasps> oh, thank you. That's very nice. That's well, what I can this do. could be good. Okay, so we, we're thinking about if we get rid of our building energy.
1: Bagley, who has just signed a global offshoring agreement for the table, is also optimistic.
2: I think that's a great lesson is that all of us have a role to play, and there's no one right way. There's lots of ways that we can stop climate change, and the best thing to do is start. And if starting means playing a game with people you know and love, then that's a fantastic way because even talking about climate change
1: is a great step in the right direction. Just a few notches short of the two-degree mark, the group abruptly and somewhat surprisingly reaches drawdown.
3: <laughs> Where <we> going? Amen. <laughs>
1: the climate change crisis has not won, at least for today. In Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick.
0: Sitkins who missed the recent town halls on tourism in Sitka will get another chance to share their opinions on the level of tourism in Sitka. The city's tourism task force is asking Sitkins to complete a survey to determine the number of cruise tourists the community can support. At a work session in December, the task force crafted the survey based on information they'd collected so far at a pair of town halls. That data revealed some common ground among Sitkins. Most respondents agree that Lincoln Street should remain closed on busy days, for example. And if Sitka has dedicated quiet days with 1,000 or fewer passengers, most would prefer that quiet days occur on the weekend. But on the questions of what an appropriate number of tourists is per day, week, or season, respondents tended to be more polarized. Task Force member Jim Michener said it was time to narrow down the options because zero tourists and infinity tourists aren't realistic answers.
2: My my gut in this, after going through two town halls and getting this information, I think it's time to try and to st- stick it down. I mean, time to land this plane. Um, and I think if our goal with the survey is to try to get a community number, I think we need to focus hard on that and really limit things in to a area that feels like common ground and ask for, <clears throat> Opinions on something far narrower than we have been already.
0: But task force member Rich McClear wondered if a survey was the next best step, regardless. Unless there, unless you've got a, a drawn sample that that's scientifically drawn that balances demographics, I think it's g i g o garbage in garbage out. I just don't
2: trust surveys; they're self-selected.
0: Well that as it may.
2: I think we shouldn't do it.
0: We need to do it. Task Force member Rich McClear is co-general manager of KCAW. Overall, the task force agreed that they needed a survey as another method of collecting feedback from the public, even if it wasn't a perfect one. You can find a link to the survey on our website at kcaw.org. I'm Andrew Hames, and this has been Raven News.